0: Hey everybody and welcome to another edition of Breaking Down the Doors. I'm Adam Sparks, Vanderbilt beat reporter with the Tennessee and I'm here with columnist Gentry Estes. This is Breaking Down the Doors, the podcast where we talk about all things Vanderbilt athletics and boy do we have something to talk about today. Derek Mason, Vanderbilt football coach for the past six seasons will be back for a seventh season. Vandy athletic director Malcolm Turner, Announced this morning, Tuesday, that Derek Mason is going to be back next year. He's under contract for at least four years. I guess three after this one, three or four after this one, and he's going to be back uh, for that 2020 season. So uh, let's let's Gentry, let's do it this way. A lot of the response that I got on Twitter, and you were learning this as somewhat of a new staff member here. When you see on Twitter, Sov. That means same old Vandy, mm-hmm. and I know you saw some of those hashtags this morning in response to this news. So I want to, I want to, I want to talk about this. I want to debate it a little bit because you and I are a little bit different sides of the fence to some extent on this. Is this same old Vandy keeping a coach that obviously has struggled and failed this year, two and eight record, or is this the right decision?
1: I, I think it, it has a. a a risk of being same old Vandy. I think this, as, as I, I wrote, I, I think this is a gamble by Malcolm Turner. I, I think it it is a risky move in that a lot of ADs at Power 5 institutions would make the change here, and they would make the change because I believe it would it would be more popular among the fan base. It would be the kind of thing that could drum up support if you get a new coach in there, no matter who it is. Uh, it seems to be out of the modern a d playbook to want to make a change when something like this happens. I think Malcolm Turner he took the road less traveled here he to me it was a a bit of a risky move and because of how poorly things have gone this season, because of how they're not getting fans at games it it could really hurt from a fundraising standpoint to 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 have a the lack of excitement that could have been brought in by a new coach and also there's there's the same old vandy element, which is uh, and I think Derek Mason hit on that after Saturday's game making the you know, a, 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 what I think is going to be a memorable comment that's going to stick with him for a while talking about the the way and he referenced it again on Tuesday talking about the waves and cycles in the program and how essentially Vandy can't expect to be good every year. That's basically what the point was, you know, it's going to be up and down, there's going to be some years that are like this, which is true, but it, you can't say it. It's a defeatist. Yeah. Approach and a mentality that I again think has the risk of being same old Vandy when you when you when you approach it that way. I think this decision is much the same way. If it works out and they get these great facilities, Mason leads them back to where they want to go. Maybe it's 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 a great move, but odds are against that happening. I think it's a gamble.
0: Let me say this: well, I set this up as somewhat of a disagreement. We don't necessarily disagree that Derek Mason should return or should have been fired. The disagreement um, I was referencing was whether or not this is same old Vandy, whether or not that's the root of this. Let me me read a quote from Malcolm Turner, and I got this from an interview with him earlier today. This is Malcolm Turner, the Vandy AD. We have had 50 years of routine kick-the-can coaching changes without accompanying the fundamental underlying change. And out of respect for those who truly support Vanderbilt football and with a focus on building a successful and sustainable football program, this is a cycle that we really need to break. So kick-the-can coaching change. This is is my take of what I think Malcolm Turner means. The the perspective of Vandy fans is this is same old Vandy because – You've got a coach that is struggling. You've got a coach that most schools would look at and say, this is when you need to fire that coach, Uh, and they're going to keep him. Same old Vandy. You're not going to make changes. You're not going to fix something that needs to be fixed. I think Malcolm Turner is doing this to combat same old Vandy culture. Let me explain that. that. Same old Vandy culture, I think in Malcolm Turner's view, is that you don't fix facilities necessarily. You may be planning on it. You talk about it. But the real problem is a coach. Just fire the coach and then put the facilities projects to the side. Well, there was a problem and we fixed it. Look, we fired the coach. So bring in a new coach and and that'll fix things. And then you do that for three or four years. And eh, that didn't work out either. Maybe it's the resources. Maybe it's the stadium. Maybe it's the facilities. Maybe, but let's fire the coach and let's try another coach and see if that works. I think Malcolm Turner is looking at that over the past decades and saying the facilities project is pushed aside and resources, recruiting budget, all those things are pushed aside every time you fire a coach. He sees that as same old Vandy, I believe. I think he's trying to combat that by saying, we're going to take care of the biggest problem with this football program, the one that spans decades, and we're going to pour resources, money, facilities, and all that into this program, and then we'll deal with the smaller problem, which is the coach. I think he feels like the facilities and all that will be put on hold a little bit or we be be pushed aside if he tries to fix it by firing the coach. I think that's a big part of it. I think the – you know, the kick the can down the road thing, I think some people would say, no, you're kicking the can down the road. You're kicking this coach down the road and putting off a problem. I think he's putting off a smaller problem to take care of a bigger one.
1: A couple things to that. When's the last time Vandy did fire a football coach?
0: Yeah, historically, they let the contract expire or get
1: down to one year and pay it's a very... It's been at least nine years because Franklin chose to leave. Yes. So, I, I, I don't. I don't... First off, don't understand why you couldn't go forward with the facilities if you did this. Now, maybe it's a financial aspect of the buyout or something. Okay. Now, if that's the case, that does make sense at a level that probably wouldn't apply to a lot of other schools. Um, But I don't see how you – why you couldn't do both. I don't see how one would prevent you from doing the other. That said, uh, as somebody who's covered Tennessee, Alabama, Georgia as a beat writer before – one thing that has stuck out to me being covering Vandy up close here for the last couple of months there's a lot of talk about what they're going to do what they need to do what the changes should be there's been zero action and and I think that there is you hear that from the team in 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 terms of Mason saying well I've made a list these are things I want to change what's your sixth year where where are you just now changing this you know shouldn't you have these this sort of things already involved. Same thing with the facilities kind of thing. I think Malcolm Turner's probably correct in that, that people keep putting it off and putting it off. Well, we need to do this. Well, we need to do this. And, and he's actually making a commitment to say, we are doing this. That is a, that is significant. It's substantial. I don't know why it would prevent you from, from making a change at coach, as your for your football coach, but I do think what he's doing is to combat the same old Vanderbilt in his own – he's just playing the long game in terms of being –
0: Long game is a good way of putting it, and I think Malcolm Turner is also looking at this and saying, uh, you know, he's a marketer, he's a salesman. That's he's a branding guy. That's his that's his trade. That's his background. I think he looks at the product that he would need to sell to a new coach, and he says, "This product sucks. I can't I can't sell this." A year from now, by the way, they're having a meeting Wednesday of this week to go over the first options of facility upgrades they'll have several meetings after that but they're 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 jumping into this as quickly you as they can You could sell
1: to a new coach the ability to put your own stamp on that sort of thing.
0: That's true. I think you can do that a little more with with things more in place a year from now. I think he looks at it now and I think he'd be selling a lot of faith at this point. I think a year from now he would be selling the you know physical plans and and actual money. And also I think I think you know I had some a, a number of people say today, well, you know i'm I'm it's gonna hurt fundraising and it's gonna do this, and I'm not gonna buy season tickets and all that is completely fair. I do think this is an indication to me that the the highest donors, potential donors that he's spoken to have given him the okay that we're gonna give x number of dollars, and that's with or without Mason this year. Because uh, I think if enough people, everybody wants to say, "Well, he's," you know, people are not going to give money to this. I I think he's smart enough to have co- made those phone calls, and I th- I think it's an indication that the billionaires or billionaire and millionaires that potentially would give some money have given the okay for Mason to stay around another year. Now the thousandaires, as I would call them, on Twitter and elsewhere, who are just as valuable in terms of fans as as any of those people with more money. But those people may not give money. That's that's not the ones he has to be uh, to, as concerned about, though.
1: Here's the the other same old Vandy aspect of this to me is when he, he makes a reference to kicking the can down the road in terms of making a coaching change. That's, that's not a lot of confidence that you're going to hire the right guy. You know, uh, who's to say you, you couldn't get the right coach in to change everything? Vandy did it once before. Now, James Franklin may have been an outlier here, but he, he was, was an absolute to... <laughs> outlier. I think that.
0: But people really don't want to hear that in the Vandy fan base. You know, let let me put it this way: if you, if you, if every coach lost their, if every school lost their coach tomorrow, and you had a coaching draft of all the college coaches, where would James Franklin go in there? I think he's a top ten pick. Of coaches, Top 20 for sure. Top 20? Okay. I think top 20. He's a lottery pick somewhere around there. I mean, right? Maybe
1: he's, he shines off a little at Penn State. They haven't really won anything. Since
0: Somewhat. There, right? He would be he, – he's an upper tier. So what I'm saying is in the current state – he won nine games back-to-back years in the current state of Vanderbilt football. What's the chances they get that guy again?
1: Okay. Well, where would Derek Mason be drafted in that draft?
0: Not very high. Um, now, I will say, uh, you know, I sent out the tweet earlier today and said, um, you know, the, the the mountain of a problem is facilities, resources, all these things that's bugged Vandy for decades. The boulder of a problem is one horrendous season. And I got a few tweets back. It said just one season? This is, this is a bigger problem. Here's the thing, though. Derek Mason went to a bowl game ten and a half months ago. Two years before that, he went to a bowl game. He's beaten Tennessee three times in a row. He's got, what, three or four wins against the top 25s. I'm not saying he should be kept. I think this year is completely on him. He's mismanaged the offense, mismanaged the quarterbacks. He's shown holes in his recruiting. He's had some bad postgame comments. But anybody that, that says, how could Malcolm Turner ever think that that guy could hold the program together one more year and be competitive? He's been to a bowl two of the last three years. He's he's not the worst coach in America. Right now, he's a, he's a mediocre coach. That's what he is.
1: Well, and again, the issue I have more than anything was, was the comment on Saturday about, again, he's not wrong in saying they are going to be those years like that at Vanderbilt. But to say that is – it, it, it's essentially admitting defeat. It's it's these things are going to happen, and there's nothing I can do to fix it. Well, it's your job to make sure that doesn't happen. I, I I get where he was coming from with that, but I have a problem with that because it's not only it's limiting your success in a bad year, but it also, in a way, that comment was limiting their success in a good year because he's kind of intimating that we've seen as good as it can get, and that's six and seven. No, no, they won. They are able to win nine games before the with the coach before you. It. it and that, to me, is similar to Malcolm Turner in this case, making basically implying that we're just going to kick Ken down the road and we, we can't get better as a coach. If if your expectations aren't any higher than, than those two things, you're not going to get any better.
0: Yeah, I think Derek's comments pointed very much to me of desperation. I think he was grasping for anything that could kind of keep him around. You and I have both seen this a number of times where – you can see where a coaching tenure is, is over. The comments get awkward. The the There's l- less sincere comments about where the program is going. Derek made those comments, which is is not a good look. He, he basically said, we have to get a quarterback in here, which really says the quarterbacks I have are not very good. He tried to backpedal on that today at the press conference, but the damage is done. Today at the press conference, he said, you know, we've lost – Four or five coaches in the past couple of years other of programs. I got to get good
1: coaches. Continuity is, is a big key to success. That's right. I can name you a few programs, most notably Alabama, that tend to redo their staff every year. Yeah,
0: and he you know what? What he was what he was pushing there for is I want a bigger pool of assistant coach pay. But again, it's saying oh, the assistant coaches I got now aren't very good. It, it is right. Yeah, I mean, so a lot of what he's saying is that what we have is not very good, and we need to strip it clean. And it's his sixth start year. Whose yeah. fault is it with what they have? That's right. And I thought there was one question about, you know, whose, whose fault is it about the quarterbacks? And he said, well, it's mine. Well, it absolutely is, because you didn't miss on one of these. You missed on all of these, potentially.
1: I, I, a case could be made to bring him, him back, and I, I, I do think – Malcolm Turner is taking a big-picture view to this, which he said he was going to. And I think he truly believes that football isn't getting enough support at that university, which is true. It it is. It's been true for a long time. I I think making that kind of investment will help a lot. But you can't be as bad as they've been on the field this year and not feel as though something has to change, something at a significant level. Usually the head coach, I mean, I'm sure the assistants are going to have – There's going to be all kinds of turnover on that staff, so you can forget the continuity this year, I guess. Uh, I also
0: think, in fairness, the perspective that Malcolm Turner has is different than the fan or media of the six years because I can look at some of the errors that Derek Mason is making right now and saying, oh, I saw that in 2014. I saw that kind of comment in 2015. I saw that in 2017. Where Malcolm Turner is looking at it as – okay, I inherited a coach that has been to a bowl two of the last three years, beat Tennessee three years in a row, he's beat a few ranked teams, and, oh, I happen to walk into his worst season possibly, or one of his two worst seasons. Maybe it can get back to to the middle next year. Now, he doesn't have the long look of that. The first game that Malcolm Turner ever saw of Vanderbilt Live was the Texas Bowl last year. and I'm sure he's walking out of there saying, oh, okay, this, this coach is fine. I can go with this coach. I think maybe... He gives a little bit more slack than what a fan would, who has gone through, you know, a lot of the gaffes that Derek Mason is making that they've seen before. Let, let, let me push this forward because uh, I, I know we want to get to kind of the future. He is the coach next year. We know that quarterback is an enormous issue, and I don't think there's an easy fix there because they're going to lose some quarterbacks this off season. I don't just the mean fix Riley isn't Neal on
1: campus, whoever it is.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, and I think they're going to have one or two transfers maybe that leave. You're going to probably have at least one transfer that comes in. They've got to get Ken Seals, the, uh, the freshman, signed, uh, who will be a freshman. He's committed right now. So they've got to figure out a quick fix, and the quick fix they had with Riley Neal this year did not – it didn't fix much of anything. But the resources going forward, facilities, recruiting budget, assistant coach pay, you know, stadium as part of facilities, also locker room, weight room, all those different things – Derek Mason said, we've got to have more of all that. And I thought it was interesting, the example that he gave. He said, Kentucky didn't have these things when I got here in 2014. We were in the same boat, Vandy and Kentucky. And you fast forwarded a few years, and Stoops now has a renovated Kroger Field. He has better facilities there. I guess a better budget. I haven't really looked into that. But you you worked for quite a while up in Kentucky. And I, I want to play the clip of Derek Mason here Comparing Vanderbilt to the resources of Kentucky, and then I want you to comment on this, knowing the Kentucky side of
1: it. It's it's uh, you know talent wise, uh, you know, like when you look at it, uh, I, I think I think we're getting there. Uh, resource wise, I think we're a ways away. Okay, I mean, as you look around, you know, in the conference, and you looked at you know, in other programs and where they sit. I remember when I first came to this conference, Kentucky was 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 just like us. You know, like Kentucky, and if you talk to Coach Stoops, he'll tell you the same thing. I mean, they 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 needed resources. Okay, man, they put a huge influx uh, of 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 you know uh, resources into that program, and now what you see, okay, man, is a different program. You see a different like fan base, okay, man. You see a different type of athlete, you know, I man, in terms of man how they've been developed and what it looks like, okay. And 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 I think that that's that's one I can point to, you know, I man, directly, man, because I remember having those conversations with Coach Stoops. So is that fair? Is it? Is I think it? it's absolutely true. I, I think Kentucky did make that kind of investment. Clearly, they they redid their entire football facility, uh, all the practice fields, uh, and I, I they they did work on their stadium. There's a lot they did within a short period. And you know, Kentucky, Kentucky's been Vanderbilt or not comparable in a lot of ways as universities. Um, but I, I think. Kentucky had always fought that reputation as being a basketball school that didn't care about football. I think Vanderbilt fights a similar reputation that they don't don't care enough about football. And Kentucky did a lot to kind of deter that, I think and, and, and it allowed them to expand their recruiting a little bit. They've done a uh, most notably, they've gone into Big Ten country and gotten really good players out of places like Ohio and uh, Ohio State Territory. Uh, guys the Buckeyes didn't want, like Benny Snell, Kentucky mm-hmm. went in there and got. And I, I think uh, Lynn Lynn Bowden's from Ohio, and and I think that's c- you can tell the difference as as uh, Mason said that in in Kentucky's program uh, they're recruiting better they look different the fan base has responded a little more, but here's the thing too Mark Stoops won ten games last year yeah and that so he's kind of earned those resources so to speak I I think he's made the most of them but I, we you got to take that step on the field. I mean, you, you, you get everything, and it helps in so many ways off the field, probably more than we realize. I think Vanderbilt has a lot of disadvantages in this conference, and, and the fact that their facilities are so far behind everybody else certainly doesn't help. But again, and you hate to keep going back to this, but James Franklin won with these facilities. Yeah, And I, I think he, in a lot of ways he didn't do any favors to Derek Mason because not only did he show what Vanderbilt football was capable of, but he showed what it was capable of with, with the current setup. So that allowed anybody who's looking at this to go, well, well James Franklin did it. Why can't you do it? And It I, took a lot of excuses away. Right. I, I do think he was
0: an outlier, but he did do it. He did win.
1: Right. And, and I think what he did is he brought a mentality to Vanderbilt football that had not existed before and has not existed since, which is an expectation and a swagger that, that they – you know, the, the, the more he preached it and the more he said it, the more everyone believed it, from the fans to the players to the recruits. They were recruiting at a much higher level. Vanderbilt became kind of a place to be uh, under him, and, and I think you haven't seen that since. You don't know what would have happened had he reached year six or seven at Vanderbilt. Would it have been sustainable? I don't know. But I, I think what, what if I'm a Vanderbilt fan, what encouraged me. what would have encouraged me most through all that was the bar was clearly raised for this program. There was a different expectation for Vanderbilt football than probably had ever existed before, and this year, and I think Mason sustained it to a degree with some of these boulders. He's—if you look historically—he's done pretty well. But what you see happening this year is a pretty is a rapid regression back to same old Vandy. Cal
0: Cal Shermer graduated. He doesn't have a quarterback, and it fell
1: apart. And I think if you make that move this year, you make a clear statement of the expectations for Vanderbilt football moving forward, no, no, that might have been good enough in the 90s. It's not good enough now. Well, that, that's not a statement that was made.
0: And again, I think if you're a Vanderbilt fan, you have to hope that Malcolm Turner crossed his T's, dotted his eyes in terms of fundraising, and he has that behind closed doors secured enough to move forward so that a year from now, if Derek Mason is – his team is underperforming then you can cut him loose the buyout will be one year lessened by the way I, I i've talked to people around the program to get sort of a feel about that the perspective i get is that they could have they could have paid his buyout if he was uh, unliked. If he had a lot of a lot of things away from his record that were bad, I think they could have paid the buyout. I or, or really do. You said it the other day. I can't remember if it's on this podcast or not. But Ty goes to Mason because he is well liked and because he represents Vandy in a, in a good way and all those sort of things that uh, that basically bought him a year to some extent. Now the thing is, this next season is going to be so anticlimactic. You know, I mean, I, I mean they're going to go. Three and nine this year, you would think next year. Defense will be better, but they could easily go three and nine next year, four and eight, and or whatever. That's the most
1: destructive aspect to this because the fan base, I believe, in a lot of ways, has already tuned out this team. Yeah. And if you go into next season and they're the same way, they're already tuned out this program, you got a couple of years of that. And I don't care how nice your weight room is, it's not going to get much better if that's the case. It's just not. There needs to be a level of excitement. And again, uh, you know what? What does a recruit think when he shows up at Vanderbilt Stadium? And if there is a crowd, they're all the visiting fans. And if the visiting fans don't show up, there's hardly anyone there. because It's been that way all season. And I, do you see that changing with Derek Mason? next year? No, no,
0: I don't. That, and I don't. Think, I don't really see the product on the field getting that much better. Again, the defense will be a little better next year. The offense, I don't have any hope of that getting any better. I mean, you lose most of your best offensive players, and the re- recruiting class is not going to be helped by this. Right now, it's a lot of three stars and a couple of two stars, and that's what it's been, and you're still going to have to hang on to those guys. So, yeah, there, there's not a path necessarily next year for this to be better, That where you're essentially almost thinking it's going to be a mulligan year, and then the new coach will come in in 2021. But who knows? I don't know. When, when Mason has had good veteran defenses he's he's overachieved in one so i'm sure that's what he's going to sell i just not sure if many people
1: are going to buy it that's and and i think that's as destructive as anything we're talking about here is just a lack of enthusiasm about that program right now and when when you see coaching changes at a lot of different places that's usually a symptom a a, a pretty prominent one of when you know the coach isn't going to make it And in this case, that symptom was very much there. The performance, they were being dominated in games. The offense statistically is terrible. The defense statistically is terrible. There were so many signs there that you would see this decision being made at a Power 5 institution. Vanderbilt didn't make it. I'm not saying right, wrong, whatever, but it is a little different from what you would see from – it's a lot different from what you would see from from a lot of Power 5 institutions. And we're going to have to see how it plays out now.
0: So a lot of Vandy fans are going to see this as same old Vandy keeping Derek Mason. I think Malcolm Turner sees it as the opposite of same old Vandy, but I really, how you see it, I think, depends on, number one, your faith in Malcolm Turner, and number two, you're going to have to see it play out to see what Turner has planned, if that... If that comes to fruition, uh, we'll see. But anyway, that does it for this edition of Breaking Down the Doors. We ho- hope you'll subscribe to com if you haven't already. And remember to, to uh, subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and wherever it is you get your podcasts. Also drop us a review and a rating. We love five-star ratings. For Gentry Estes, I'm Adam Sparks. We'll see you next time.